Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Myths and Stuff, the podcast where I, Liesl, tell you, listener, all about Greek mythology. Um, so I just wanted to come in here and say that this week's episode is going to be a little bit different than what I usually do. Um, basically, I wrote this thing for English that is basically just like a brief rundown of the creation myth and why Greek mythology is important to me. Um, and I just thought it fit really nicely with this podcast, and so I thought I'd share. Um, if this is not your thing, I'm really sorry, but we'll be back to normal episodes next week. Uh, so yeah, I hope you enjoy it, and welcome to this week's episode. Ever since I was a kid, I have loved Greek mythology. I remember flipping through pages of an old mythology book in elementary school, staring at the intricate illustrations and becoming fascinated with the different myths. There was one, though, that had always stood out to me, the creation myth. I would stare at the different pictures and read the story over and over until the paper cover of the book started to curl up and wrinkle. I loved it. I found it so intriguing. I wanted to learn more and more about the different myths. The creation myth starts with Gaia, goddess and personification of Earth. No one knew how or when she was created. One day, she just appeared. However, as time passed, she became lonely, so she created her son Uranus, god and personification of the sky. Now, because Greek mythology was created by a bunch of ancient people who were not at all worried about the social norms and basic morals of today, Uranus and Gaia fell in love. Together, they ruled over the universe and had three sets of children, the six titans and six titanesses, the three cyclopses, and the three hecatonchires. The titans and the titanesses were godlike giants. The cyclopses had one eye on their foreheads, and the hecatonchires had 100 arms and 50 heads. Uranus, who was disgusted by the ugly nature of the cyclopses and hecatonchires, threw them into the deepest and worst depths of the underworld, Tartarus. Unlike Uranus, Gaia loved her children and was distraught when they were cast away. So she went to the Titans and held out a sickle. She told the Titans to take the weapon to kill their father and release their siblings. Five of the Titans shrunk away, far too scared of their father to face him. But the youngest, a Titan named Kronos, volunteered. Kronos took the sickle from his mother and one night, while Gaia was meeting with the Uranus, hid in a nearby bush. Kronos waited for the perfect moment to strike, and when it finally came, Kronos lunged at Uranus, waving his sickle and scaring him away. After Uranus fled, Kronos took his position as king of the universe, alongside his wife, the Titaness Rhea. However, despite his promise, Kronos never ended up freeing his siblings from Tartarus. Together, Kronos and Rhea ruled over the universe, and this time was titled the Golden Age of Man, as life was good for people on Earth. Unfortunately, though, it would soon come to an end, for a prophecy had been told. The prophecy foretold that Kronos would be overthrown by his children. Afraid that this would come true, Kronos decided that every time he had a kid, he would eat them whole. So, when Rhea gave birth to their first child, she gave him to Kronos and he ate him. But after five of her kids were eaten, Rhea became fed up. She loved her kids. So with assistance from Gaia, who was angry at Kronos for not freeing his siblings, Rhea forged a plan. When Rhea's next child was born, a son named Zeus, she gave him to Gaia, who took Zeus far away to the island of Crete. 
Rhea then gave Kronos a rock wrapped in baby blankets in place of Zeus. Kronos didn't notice a thing, and he swallowed the rock without a second thought. Zeus was then raised by the nymphs who lived on Crete. When Zeus was strong enough, he snuck into Kronos' palace and spiked his wine. And when Kronos drank it, he threw up all of his previously swallowed children. His kids, Poseidon, Hades, Hera, Demeter, and Hestia, were thrown up as fully grown gods. After the gods were freed, Zeus released the Ecaton Kyries and the Cyclopses from Tartarus. With them and his fellow gods, Zeus started a war against the Titans for control of the universe. The war lasted ten years and was named the Titanomachy. In the end, the gods were victorious and the Titans were dispelled to Tartarus. Afterwards, to keep things fair, the gods decided to split up the different domains of the world between the three brothers, Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades. To choose who got what, they drew straws. Zeus ended it with up with the sky, Poseidon got the sea, and Hades got the underworld. I read that story hundreds of times when I was younger. I was so fascinated with the different aspects of the story, and I wanted to learn more about Greek mythology. That was when my older sister introduced me to the wonderful children's book series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. She had read it more times than I had read the creation myth. She was obsessed. So much so that at one point, my parents had to take away the book so she would read something else. I decided to give the series a chance due to my interest in Greek mythology, and this seemed like the perfect gateway into that world. I fell in love with the series. The main character, Percy Jackson, was likable and funny, and he was only a grade above me at the time. Annabeth Chase, a side character, was everything I wanted to be, smart, funny, and brave. And most importantly, was that it introduced Greek mythology to me in a digestible and understandable way. I read and reread Percy Jackson and the Olympians, as well as the spin-off series Heroes of Olympus. Without Percy Jackson, I would have never been able to learn and discover more mythological stories and would not when most likely never gotten into Greek mythology like I did. Fast forward a few years and I still love Greek mythology. I started taking Latin and ancient Greek in school and I hope to potentially pursue classics in college. Almost all of my free time is taken up by learning more about Greek mythology. From the podcasts I listen to, to the books I read, nearly everything has aspects or parts of Greek mythology incorporated in it. Without those days spent reading the big picture book in my room and reading the Percy Jackson book series, I never would have found my love and passion for Greco-Roman culture and mythology. I give the Greek mythology creation myth five stars. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Myths and Stuff. As always, please let me know on anything I could improve or just any sort of questions you have. Um, Again, I know this wasn't sort of the typical episode, but I don't know. I thought it'd be fun to share. So yeah, that's all I really have for right now. Um, Again, normal episodes will be back next week. Um, Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.